0: Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower.
1: I'm Dawn Ennis.
0: I'm Carly Chardonnay-Webb.
1: Welcome to episode two of the Transporter Room. In this episode, we're going to talk about a story that Carly wrote about Dr. Rachel McKinnon and her second world championship. We're going to talk to the first transgender track and field NCAA champion, CeCe Telfer. And what is that that you found out about CeCe, Carly? Well, is going to break a little bit of news because CC has a goal for 2020. It's called Tokyo. And later we'll discuss the newest and last Star Wars movie. Stay tuned. We've got a lot going on. The beauty of a podcast is you have no idea what I'm wearing, where I'm sitting, or what I'm doing while I'm talking to you. (laughs) I usually try to at least... You know, I think there was one podcast you and I did. I was in my pajamas. But generally, I try to look good because Carly is such a fashion icon. You really are. I, I, I have trouble keeping up with you, dear.
0: Yeah, I'm a fashion icon. Well, thank you. And actually, I am in full spandex because right after the podcast, I'm going to go right, I'm gonna go push a bike about 22 miles. So I'm going to have to sleep in I, spandex. I, <laughs> hey, you know, spandex is the new lingerie, don't you know? <laughs> <That's just amazing. laughs> uh, also, I mean, Fan Day, also known as Rachel McKinnon pajamas. That's that's what I'm rocking these. That's what I'm rocking these days, and everybody should. I mean, heroes get their own pajamas. Superman, Batman, Rachel McKinnon.
1: There
2: you go. Topping the news,
1: the Telegraph advocated transgender ID cards for situations like ladies' rooms women's prisons, and other situations where transgender women might be unwelcome. This is crazy. This reminds me and a lot of other people of what the Nazis did, of putting an armband or a tattoo on someone's body to identify them as Jewish or gay. Yellow stars from World War II This is a terrible backward step, and we'll have more to talk about it in the coming weeks. Earlier this week, I got the uh, wonderful assignment of interviewing you about being a trans woman who does exercise and runs and does sports and about what that's like. And that's going to be in an upcoming issue of Connecticut Voice magazine, as well as the new TV show, Connecticut Voice Out Loud. That's very exciting. I really enjoy talking with you
0: well, I enjoy do- I enjoy doing it, and I'm really liking the show. Okay? I can not tell you, Don, you got some serious anchoring chops. you i mean you have <laughs> you have a
1: television presence well i'm 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 enjoying it because it's the first time that I've been on t v in a, a broadcast format. I have a talk show on YouTube, which is fun. But, you know, a lot of people don't see that. And this, you know, potentially is being seen by hundreds of thousands of people. So it's really cool. So let's get back to Rachel McKinnon. You mentioned Rachel McKinnon and your, uh, your spandex. You did a story this week about Rachel and her performance in Manchester, England last weekend. Tell us all about it. Well, last weekend
0: was, was the 2019 UCI World, World Masters Track Cycling Championships. Manchester, England, the site. And for, I mean, for Rachel, it was, it was the culmination of a year dedicated to one purpose, a year dedicated to show every the year, dedicated to show a lot of inspiration, but to also in some ways tweak the, the naysayers noses one more time. I mean, her, she said she had two goals for the year, defend the title, Get the, get the time trial title as well, and set a world record. And the way she did that was, I mean, serious work. I mean, she was putting workouts on Twitter. She was going after it. I mean, she was really getting after it intensely. And there was even thoughts of, depending on how the, on how the season went, she would take a shot at the Canadian Olympic team for 2020. But during the season, she ran, she, she found every elite, uic comp uci competition she could find she ran against olympic hopefuls olympic champions olympic medalists did i mean in fact did not win a single race during that time didn't win one but but competed well held her own held her own and that got her more than ready in addition to the the power workouts you go i'm talking intense power workouts i mean Workouts that would lay that would make lesser mortal beings cry for mercy day in and day out. She went after it, and then when she got to Manchester, um, first the time in the 500 meter time trial event, finished a, finished second by one hundredth of a second to Don Oric of the United States, and she was a little bit disappointed about that because she wanted that gold. But Friday, but that Friday, last Friday, gets in there for the t- for the um, qualifying rounds for the sprint. For the match Sprint event, 11 point, I mean, 11.3 and change and a world record. Actually, right here, 11.643 seconds. That is a world record. Crushes the world record. And that was one of the goals that she had defined for the year. And then the next day, in the semifinals, got sweet. And then in the finals, meeting Ulrich again, the nemesis from the time trial, swept her, got her second consecutive match Sprint World Championship and but it was what afterwards that really i mean that made my heart sink because afterward after the second race after she achieved the the sweep she she had a little she had a small transgender flag on her hip and she took her victory lap and held it aloft and at that point i was like I was grinning from ear to ear. you needed a wide angle lens to see my grin and then, afterwards, just before she got on the victory podium, she had a larger transgender flag and to see her stretch out the salmon the sound, the cre- the the azure salmon cream across the way athletes do after they win a big victory that i mean that brought me to tears, and I mean that I mean, just everything Dr. McKinnon has done, and, and she'll down, she is downplay it. she'll downplay it as like, "Hey, hey, this is what I do, I'm an athlete, but no, Doc, inspira- Doc, inspirational. I'll even go as far as the word "hero." I know people kind of look down that word a little bit, but that's the way I see Dr. Rachel McKinnon, and it was great to see, and it was even more so. As as Sid Vigler said, our boss said in the tweet, with all the hate, all the debate, she was able to focus on her sport and win gold again. That is the mark of an athlete. Well said, sir. Well said, Sid. And well done, Ms. Dr.
1: McKinnon. Well, Dr. McKinnon uh, give you a really huge compliment in uh, praising your, your work because it was very well written. I really like how you put the whole story together. Um, One of the things that really upset me was that um, Rachel was asked by a British reporter who apparently had an agenda, as many in the British press do, to basically ask her to admit that she has an advantage. And part of this is based on a new Swedish study that said that women who are trans, who undergo um Medical transition still retain their male strength problem with this study is that they had eleven trans women, twelve trans men, and no athlete, not one, not one elite athlete. So how can you determine that this is even a real conclusion on top of that the Authors of the study themselves admitted that more work has to be done. They didn't, they didn't do their job. They only looked at basically a dozen trans women who aren't athletes. And I think you can confirm that the health and body of an elite athlete is different from someone who sits on a couch like me. Well, that is true. And
0: I wouldn't so much say that their study did their job. Their study admit what they're saying is our study is at the beginning. We're getting baselines. We obviously need to get athletes, and, that's, and that's, what it comes, that's what a lot of people on the opposite side of the issue at one level don't understand, and at another level aren't telling, the pop, aren't telling the populace, is that a lot of the work that has been done already paints an incomplete picture. Sport is completely different. Athletes especially are completely, are completely different. You have to look at it from a completely different lens. And, yes, that was from the Sky News television interview. And I mean, some of that was came out in the Sky News interview. She did two interviews that week, one with Sky and also one with the BBC. The BBC one is the one that really struck me because the BBC then brings in Victoria Hood. And Victoria Hood is a, is a cyclist, former cha- a former Masters champion. And she basically – I mean – she did the typical fair play. You no, she basically was a British turf. I can't say it any more than that. You know, those turfs in Britain, boy, they're they're horrible. And I mean, they. I mean, she really went full. She went full turf. Quote: There is a myth that if a male body transitions to a female body, notice immediately going to the turf term terms. Then it becomes a female body. We know that's a myth. It's a lot. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Eddie and Edna clock listen to that and say, must be true.
1: I know a person who knows a lot about being an elite athlete, about competing against um, cisgender women, about curse and about having to just ignore the haters and put her head forward and just do her 100% best. And you and I have both had the great pleasure of talking with this person. And now I want all of our podcast listeners to get to hear her and just rejoice in the beauty and amazing ability of Stacey Telfer. Stacey, welcome to the <laughs> Transporter Room.
2: Hi, Don. Hi, Carly. Thank you guys for having me.
0: <laughs>
2: welcome, channel. Good to see you. Yes, good to hear you guys. Um, I was listening to what you guys were talking about earlier and about um, the Swedish study, right? That's very yeah. interesting that you mentioned that study because someone from Sweden contacted me uh, a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, and they wanted to interview me. And they wanted to ask me a couple questions. And I was like, listen, like I work really, I, my, like my work schedule is very aggressive and I don't have time. However, if you want to, like, send me a formal email and, like, talk about, like, what you're going to ask and, like, we can set up, like, a date where, you know, nothing. They didn't even reply back, like, nothing. And I'm like, okay, well, that's crazy because – and you also mentioned the point that they're not interviewing athletes, trans athletes. They're interviewing, you know, uh, just transgender females and transgender uh, males in general, which is like, all right, um, it's not the same because – you no, it's it not yourself, the same, um, Don. It's not yeah. the same. You have, yeah, we're working our bodies day in, day out, like, and we're changing our whole biochemistry at the same time. There's no way we have an advantage. You need to do your research very accurately before you publish anything in the public. Because I have a picture right I, I have a picture I That's love. a Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I, I have a
1: picture I love from from L.A. Pride, and it's you and me standing next to each other. And I was like, <laughs> which one of these two women is the Elite athlete. <laughs> oh my gosh! It is
0: pretty
1: hey, obvious. I like, think
0: like, it's pretty obvious. We're gonna you know? get you off that um, couch and get you in a 5K next year, NNS.
1: Okay. Oh, listen, let's, but let's, ex-
0: let's,
1: let's, let's explain. Let's explain who CC Telfer is. CC Telfer is a graduate of Franklin Pierce University in New Hampshire. CC Telfer is the 400 meter hurdles champion of the NCAA. CC Telfer is a trans woman who is going to, if all goes well, become a nurse. And CC Telfer yeah. is a woman of color. And CC Telfer yeah. is someone who is not going to take anybody's crap. <laughs> and I Absolutely crap not. We're, we're on a podcast that we must be we must be very careful about what words we use because we want to keep this clean. Just a warning to all all involved: we do not cut Thank on you. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We like we like having this podcast and we want to keep it so we cut we don't cut. So yes, yeah, so we so, like to keep it professional. All, I I want to I want to talk to you because I had the pleasure of interviewing you um, following your 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 victory. One of the things you told me was, and this is important for both Rachel and for
2: you and for all elite athletes. You don't always win, do you? You didn't always win. No, that's that's very accurate. I do not always win. Like the first couple of meets traveling to different states and outside of the conference you get to meet like top female athletes who are you know up there in the division and these athletes are I'm convinced that they need to get tested because they they are so fast and I was like maybe they should be the one that's supposed to be getting like routinely tested because I need to step up my game, and they showed me what I need to be working towards. You know what I mean? And I've just been motivated ever since. I I do not win every single track meet I go to. That's that's completely like no, that no, I don't. Period. On the topic of you know uh, cisgender uh, individuals, you know coming coming to the limelight and saying that it's it's. It's, we, uh, trans athletes have more of an advantage and, um, that it's unfair and, and, um, women rights. And what about women? First of all, women are still being considered, um, as human beings, which is really sad because we are human beings and nobody wants to stand up for women and women, unless, unless it's like a, a topic like this, like a female trans athlete. Now everybody wants to get involved. What about like feminine rights and um, abortion rights and and um, and the ability to we, we don't even have control over our own body. The government does. Like nobody wants to talk about the important thing. Also, nobody wants to talk about the fact that I was thrown into a category when I was born. I was not given that 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 right and the opportunity to be the female that I am, I was put into, I was deprived of that femininity. I was deprived of being a female. I was put into a category from the moment I was born. So it, it, to me, that's unfair. I was I was deprived of expressing myself growing up. I, I had to segregate my feminine attitude, my feminine side, my female persona, who I was growing up. Nobody wants to talk about how unfair that is. And I, nobody wants to also talk about how unfair it is for me to be, uh, you know, like putting on a mask and suffocating myself to make the world happy. And once I decide to not do that anymore, it's a, it's a problem. That's crazy. I've always been a female and nobody wants to talk about that fact. They want to talk about the fact that of my athletic nature, if you're an athlete, male or female, fifth born, if you're an athlete and you have an athletic nature, that you are an athlete, period, point blank. Like it, that's just who you are. You're an athlete. An athlete, an athlete, an athlete. Like, if it's a male athlete, you're a male. If you're a female athlete, you're a female athlete. If you have that athletic nature, then you have a, a, a strong determination to, to be that person. You know what I mean? And also, I have an innate an innate mental process and physical process to be a female. If you know the definition of being innate and having an innate feeling, you were born with it. It's not that you were, it was given to you or, like, you picked it up growing up. You were born with that thought process you were born with that physical walk you were born with that that physical physique you were born with it you're and and you, you know what i mean and society decides to put you in the category that they um see on the surface and that pisses me off every single day that nobody is like looking deeper to the problem but they're becoming a part of the problem i'm so sorry for ranting <laughs> don't no, ever be no, sorry no, no, no
0: apologies no no, no, no. Speak to, Ugh, no, speak out. Just
2: taking a while.
0: We, need, we yeah. need your voice. What made you decide to go for the four hundred meter hurdle? I mean, what because I I did the four hundred and the four hundred hurdles when I was in high school and I can tell you. I when you first told me you're doing the four hundred meter hurdles, my reply was exactly, Are you nuts? What <laughs> do you wanna do? Oh my god. A race brutal. I mean what 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 led you to okay? I'm gonna try the 400 meter hurdles now. That's so. Funny well, that's just because one of your
2: events, right? Isn't that just one of your events? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like I'm a sprinter. So I run. I compete in the one to the four. So like the 100, 200, 400, and then the relays for those. Um, <clears throat> however, my specialty events are the hurdles. So the 100 hurdles and the 400 hurdles, right? So my big um, my favorite event is the 100 hurdles because you know it's a very fast event. It it, it finishes in like you know top 13, 13 seconds. Like you're done. You're, you're 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 working hard. You're you're killing your body. You're you're going out. You're going crazy for just 13 seconds. Right. That's my favorite event. That's the event that I did not win. I uh, consecutively like going to New England champions and going to uh, nationals. It, it's really hard to qualify in that event, especially if you're, you know, you're taller, you have some wind resistance against you. And then like, especially if it's not like your consistent event that you've been like running over the years, like, you know, it, it takes a special type of girl, a special type of build girl to run that event. And it, it favors shorter people. I'm tall. I'm a tall girl that loves an event that doesn't favor me. However, my coach suggested that the 400 hurdles is where I would thrive. And I did not believe him. I was like, coach, you're out of your mind. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, the 400 hurdle is torture. Like, I don't know. I don't understand why anybody would want to put their body through that pain and endurance. I don't want to do it. I'm putting my foot down. However, I'm getting scholarships, so I didn't I, I didn't make the rules. He does. So he told me to try it out, and I tried it out. Obviously, I died, um, like the other girls who were running with me. Um... And then the more I did it, the more I'm like, hey, like this event could be something that I'm I could be good at, you know, given the the right resources and the right practices and the right uh, uh, like competition to help me, you know, get get up there on the totem pole. Or the totem pole. Um, I I really hated the 400. I really really didn't want to do it, but my coaches are just like, nope, you don't have a choice, basically. And then after nationals this past summer. You know, he told me that, like, you know, you can do whatever you want now because you, you just graduated and you, you did what you're supposed to do. But it, it's, it's, it's a love and hate relationship. More hate than love, though, because at the end of that race, my legs are telling me that my legs hate me at the end of that race, including my butt. Like, I can't. Like, it's, it's a really hard race, but it's something that I'm willing to do to prove to the world that trans athletes and transgender in- transgender individuals in general matter, and not only us, but everybody who has been deprived of being an athlete, who have been deprived of, of you know their abilities to perform and like not be the best. Because of their, their deprivation and the, and people telling them that they're not good enough or they don't have the, the certain bill or the certain, you know, je ne sais quoi for the, the event or race or whatever that they want to do. No, I'm I'm here to prove them wrong. And I'm here to, to help those people to say, hey, you can do it. You can do it. Listen, I didn't like this event. And I pushed through it because, you know, it, nothing is easy. Nothing at all is easy. So... You just gotta really put your foot down and like go for your go for that goal and follow your heart and really put, put the effort in it.
1: Trust me. CC, let me ask you about something that um you mentioned when we talked last time. There are lots of supportive competitors on the track, there are people in the stands, but there were also some parents and others who actually went so far as to boo you. What is that like to be ready to race your best and to have people booing you? I'm not going
2: to lie. It hurts because um, I fixate on it. You know, I I think about it and it's in my head. But that's what's fueling the fire to really prove them wrong and shut them up or even, you know, Make them boo louder because the louder they boo, the faster I run. So I do fixate on it. And I I, I feel in in myself that they don't know what they're booing for. They don't know that I'm a human being just like them. And at the end of the day, these individuals are, if they consider themselves a good person, then they're being ignorant about the truth. So I'm just going to, you know, do what I'm here to do and execute like I, I should. And at the end of the day, they're just fueling my fire. So that's how I see it. You know, that's how I I use that negative um, attitude and that that that's how I use it. I use it to fuel me. If that answers your question, it
0: does. And it didn't, and it didn't. I I've got something to ask because I want to. I mean, <clears throat> tell me about, tell me about that night at Texas at uh, Kingsville. You're walking oh my out, gosh. It's about six <laughs> about six fifty five central central daylight time. <laughs> it's a night nice, it's a nice balmy May, May night. Harley oh Whip and then Philadelphia after the softball tournament. Watching watching you from a lift going out to dinner with some of my softball teammates. <laughs> I am watching you with my, oh my God. My eyes are as so, big as saucers. Oh, take I'm getting take so skin
2: starting black with you. What what ah! was that like? Um, in the in the one hundred or four hundred? In the four hundred meter hurdles, the final national championship. Well, we should we should we, we should
1: explain
2: we should explain to the listeners what happened in the one hundred first. Let's get that out of the way.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: so the one hundred was very interesting because the finals I ended up competing with one of the girls that I've been competing with in my division for a while. She goes to um southern connecticut state university she's also a graduate and she has been such a team player from the get-go that she met me she introduced herself she came up to me and she told me that she was excited to run against me because we're going to push each other every time we went to a track meet, she comes up to me you know greets me and she says one two like always and i'm i'm here thinking this girl is really putting herself in the second place category like okay like that's fine you do you but at the end of the day, I appreciate you for you know having such a a, a sportsmanship attitude and you know denying uh, the the public of all their negative attitude and 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 you know stepping up to the plate and and as a, as a competitor in the same event that I'm competing in you know coming up to me and you know like really like letting me feel a part of the crew and a part of that fifth female um. Environment, like I really felt like I was a part of that, you know. Like, and, and it, it sucks that I have to bring that up because period. Point blank, I am female. Like, there's no if ands, doubt, or maybe about it. No, period. Like, I am female, and she made me feel that way at every single track meet that I compete with her. When I feel that I'm, I'm in the same race as her, I feel a little bit more, a little bit more content because I don't know that there's at least one, one athlete, one person at this track meet that sees me for who I want to be seen as. And she's my competitor. At Nationals, she took it up on herself to, you know, give me a hug before the race. And she held my hand in the blocks. And, you know, we were praying. We were, when they when they announced our name, she clapped for me. When they, when they announced her name, I clapped for her. Like, it was, it was, like, it was amazing. And that, like, made my, that just made Nationals so much better. And after that final, I knew that I had to kill it in the 400. Coming to the 400 now, oh, my gosh. I get so emotional before each and every one of my races because I thank God for being there and, you know, for being who I am and having the opportunity to be in that place and, you know, being able to live the last year of my athletic life um, as as the person that I wanted to live it as since birth. I felt so privileged, and every time I think about that in that moment, I get so emotional and I start crying as I'm waiting for my my event to start. And then immediately I collect myself and I'm like, "CC, you gotta kill it! Like, no, you can't let you can't let them see any emotion from you, but determination." And that's that's literally every time I I line up on that block, I get a little bit emotional. Sometimes you know the tear falls down. Sometimes I hold it back in in just the nick of the moment and. When that gun went off in that 400, I was like, nothing else matters but your execution and how you come out of the blocks. And just listen to what your coach says because he knows what's best and he's been knowing what's best from the from from, from day one. So that's all I did and that was, that's all that was going through my head at that time is is to execute and run your race. And you 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 had and I had you know I did have a fast time going in and uh, in the trials my coach told me not to not to push it too much but I was like Mm-mm, there's too much on the line for this coach like I'm gonna run like I'm running the final race I'm sorry and that's what I did and I had the fastest time going into the finals and that motivated me to even you know maintain that uh that uh consistent uh execution and like go into it thinking you know what you got this you just need to hold yourself and perform and, and deliver. And that's what I did. Now I think to myself, like, if I was supposed to compete in a division one, um, if I was in the uh, competing against the division one girls, cause I was watching their race and she ran, um, the Olympic qualifying time of a 55 something. And that's what I, I wanted to run, but I didn't have the, the push at D2 nationals to do that. However, I know that it's in me to do it, you know, and to get up there and, to hit the qualifying standards because I know that I can do it. I definitely can.
0: I tell you, I was I was watching that race and I'm I'm in the I'm in the car and two of my two of my softball teammates, um two of my softball teammates, Chris, Chris and Allison, two of my softball teammates are in this Uber. And I'm trying to contain my excitement as watching Uber <laughs> it, it's hard. I mean it's hard to contain this. It's it hard is hard. This. Oh my god! Because so right. I'm seeing you, and I'm like go, go, go! I'm like I'm I'm in the back seat just going, and I'm and I'm grinning from ear to ear. And for me, it's, I mean that whole week. <laughs> that whole week meant a lot because. No, yeah. week, honestly. Two, days, two days before that race. Two days before that race, my name change became legal. So. Oh. Man, yes. It was that.
2: And. I, I failed to mention that you have been a part of this journey with me since um, indoor nationals, like since even before that. And you were a big part of my motivation because you checked up on me almost every single day. You, you sent me this amazing, Oh my God. You sent me this awesome poem that teared me up. Like, and I read it w- before I warmed up for my 100 and 400 race. And I was just like my sister, like, I was just like, Oh my God. Like, this is my motivation. Like I'm going to turn this emotion into determination and into like ripping up the track. And I want to thank you so much for being behind me, uh, all the way, 100%. And, you know, like having you on my back and knowing that you were watching and knowing that you were supporting me, I had something to run for, you know what I mean? But besides everything else that I was thinking about, like you were the main, like, Ideology in my head because I knew that you were watching. I know that you were keeping up with me, and I kind of didn't want to disappoint you. So I I knew that I knew what I had to do. Oh,
0: Oh, girl, stop! (laughs) You you did, and yet I I saw my sister race today. Yes, (laughs) I saw my sister race today, and and you know there's a there was a new there was I had to remix that. Oh my god! I I I, love. I'm a little I'm a little more excited right now. Because I oh I got of what you did. And oh. and, and everything you went through. And I, I I have to I gotta rip here for a second. Because no, I wanna ask, what was it like for you when when you saw all those all those right wing clickbait paid head, head websites putting up putting those pictures up to view? And oh. And just coming at you the way they did. And I would look at those and I'd just be enraged, like, don't you don't you realize it's somebody's child? And also with yeah. that, because I know you went through uh you went through a lot to get to those yeah. blacks that night in Texas. What was it like that year when you were away? What how oh, did that fuel this? How did that year away from Way oh from your sorting
2: yourself oh. out. How did that make you, have no, you yeah. to that Uh I'm, I took it up on myself to, to like start preparing myself um, in the summer because I was like, if my coach turns me down for joining the team, then at least I can try to find somebody else to help me fight whatever is going on so I can be an athlete for one more year, be a collegiate athlete for one more year and see where it takes me. And coming into it, and once the track meet started, the very first track meet of the indoor season of my last collegiate year, everything, like, I was, everything blew up. And I started getting um, hate mail. I started getting, uh, uh, people started making fake accounts and, like, messaging me on Instagram, like, saying that they're going to kill me. They know where I live. Like, I was facing a lot of discrimination and hate. And then... When you know Donald Trump Jr. posted the tweet uh, and then tagged me in it, that's when it just like it all went downhill. I was an emotional roller coaster, considering the fact that I was taking some aggressive courses my first semester of my final collegiate year, and it was really hard to focus on my academics. Everything just spiraled downwards for me, and it, was, it, it showed a lot in my academic performance than my athletic performance because I was just. I was losing so much from my academic performance and it mattered so much to me because I really wanted to go to medical school. I really wanted wanted to go to uh, nursing school and I was taking some really aggressive courses and it really affected me emotionally and like physically and I just felt like it was a lot at the time and every time I went to a track meet, I just knew that I had to make up for that in my athletic performance, you know what I mean? Like I didn't do so well on that test. I have a track meet this weekend. I can't let that affect my performance, you know what I mean? And it was really hard going to these track meets and competing, and seeing all these faces, and I knew that they were, you know, they were talking crap, and they were all judging me, and they were all throwing throwing shade, and people were making fun of me, and, like, it was literally going on a track, competing, running to the bathroom, hiding, depriving my, uh, segregating myself from all that negative energy, and just, like, I would literally compete and, like, hide myself after I, I compete, and I felt so bad, because my teammates were out there competing, and I needed to support them, you know what I mean? And then after indoor nationals, everything changed. I, I was, I was I was trying to have a better attitude. I was trying to um, I was trying to like really, you know, saying that like positive attitude and trying to show the world that like I'm not gonna let you phase me because you don't know what you're saying. You don't know what unfair is until you've been in that position. So I I started to have this attitude of um, if you've been in that position, I'm not gonna listen to you because you don't know what you're saying. You just have this egocentric mentality that's what i tell myself of all these ignorant individuals is that they have an egocentric mentality and it was really hard that first semester first semester was so hard and then coming into the outdoor season i knew that i had to leave that attitude behind that depression that negativity that that um that all of that sadness behind so and then carly came out of nowhere and i just had so much something more to focused my energy on and I had somebody else validating, you know, who I who I am. And it was just so awesome having Carly there to talk to, to, you know, like send some texts to and and honestly it 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 meant a lot. It meant a lot. And I I had a ther- I, I had a therapist at school to talk to. You, so she was there for me and she helped out a lot when I was going through that like depressive phase. And when I told her about the poem that you wrote, Carly, she she lost it. Like she was crying and she doesn't cry. Like my therapist was crying in front of me reading your poem. And a lot of staff members at my at the university also know about the poem and they also like didn't know how to respond. So it, it was it was that's the impact.
1: Thank I can't imagine you. how hard that was. But I
2: wanna I wanna just ask
1: the next part thing you're gonna tackle is medical school.
2: Oh my gosh. So I I dedicated a whole summer so that um the twenty eighteen summer that I was training to, you know, to um, compete, um, seeing if I can do it. I was also um, studying for the MCAT, which is, uh, you know, the medical, the medical test that you take to go to medical school. And I was doing really well in it. So it was, it was really hard to, to make the decision if I want to, you know, stay in this aggressive uh, uh, course. Field and uh and you know and neglect my athletic ability or like you know have the athletic ability and still be on that medical path but just not an aggressive one and I have to make the decision to be an athlete in the medical field of a more uh a more like you know a more uh the medical field where I can I can thrive better in than going to medical school because it's a lot of research based and I want to have a more personal approach to the the patients that I'll be working with which is kids and. I can't just half-ass everything that I'm doing with kids. I have a passion for working with kids and therefore I, I wanna have that personal time with them to like, you know, give them the the, the care that they need. That sound means
0: we gotta take a break. We'll be back with more And
1: we're back. In the transporter room with C.C. Telfer.
2: I had to make the decision. Like I spent a whole like four, five, six months studying for the MCAT, which is the medical examination to go to medical school, and I was doing really great. You know, the the test itself is expensive to take, and I would have had to take it in Canada, and it was a lot of things to think about and like really think about like why I'm going to medical school and what I want to do. And I want to work with kids. So I had to make the decision to, you know, have a more, a less research, research orientated role. And I wanted to spend a more uh, personal, um, I want to have a more personal relationship with the the individuals and the patients that I would be working with, which are children. I want to go into pediatrics. And I I, I thought to myself, nursing, you know, Pediatric-psychiatric psych- psychiatric nursing would, is a good fit for me because not only am I not going through the aggressive researching of um, medical school, but I would have that personal relationship and hands-on experience with kids, and that's the road that I, cho- I chose along with being an athlete who's trying to make a difference in the world. So that's, that's the, the, the road that I want to choose, and that's the road that I'm currently going on. You know, and the end goal is nurse practitioner school. I wanna be a nurse practitioner, but for now I wanna be a, a a psychiatric nurse to help a pediatric psychiatric nurse to help kids. So that's the goal.
0: But, yeah, I and we know about you and goals. You seem to make you seem to hit a lot of them. <laughs> You you certainly did in this this track season you just passed, and also the fact we can never, you can never have enough people in the medical profession who are trans. I mean, we could use that, we could use that, but there's there's one thing. There's a there's a thing that's going there's there's something that's going on. Um, there's a little thing that's going on. In 2020, in Eugene, Oregon. It is, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's track meet. It's a track meet. Interesting. Interesting. It's a U.S. US Olympic team trial. The best, the best three or so in every event get a one, get a beautiful ticket to the 2020 Games of the Summer Olympiad in Tokyo. Now, will I be watching? Will I be watching the TV or will I be attending those trials and hearing someone say in lane four from Franklin Pierce University, take help ah!
2: Absolutely. I can say with all the confidence in my body that you will definitely be hearing that and you should be, you should stay tuned because it's happening and it's going to happen. Also, I, you know, it, it, I've been trying to find like a personal coach to really help me get the, the 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 training that I need because Franklin Pierce, if you really do your research and you know about that school, we don't have a track. We have to use the nearest, the closest high school that is nearby. We have to ask permission to use their track to train. We we have a bubble, we have like a, a dome, and we have like an indoor track, but you can't wear spikes on it. The community also uses it, and you have to share that dome with like 500 other people that uses the track, uses the turf and they have basketball, tennis, everything. Like it, It's really hard to get that adequate training that you need, especially to be an elite um, Olympic top level athlete. While all these people who are saying that it's unfair for me to be competing with cisgendered females who are getting the accurate training and having the resources that they need in order to execute to be that top athlete that they need to be, you know what I mean? They have that, they have that privilege. I do not, I have to work twice Three times, four times, five times as hard in order to even get to their basic level. Because I have to run up hills to get the training that I need. I have to run on dirt, gravel, um, rocks to get the training that I need. I have to push through that pain of having plantar fasciitis, um, of having you know I, I probably didn't say that word right, but you the, the point that I'm trying to make is that the odds are against my favor in the the um other against my favor with nature and not having the resources that I need to be the athlete that I am, but that that's not gonna stop me. I can still be the athlete that I wanna be. It's just gonna be a lot harder than it would have been if I had the resources to help me get to that. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. But it's it's happening. I'm in good shape. I'm I've been training since August. I I I'm I I've never missed one Session. Unless I'm working, it's different. I um, I work. I I wake up at five o'clock every morning to get to do core to like you know to stay in the shape that I need to compete against Sydney McLaughlin to compete against um uh Abdullah Muhammad. You know, like I I I I'm using this motivation and this this drive and hate that I'm getting from people to really get up there, and I'm at a good spot. Carly and Don, I'm not going to lie. I'm at a really good spot and my body has never felt better. And I have never felt more comfortable being in my, my, my body as an athlete at the moment right now.
1: This is awesome. This is so awesome. Give us a calendar. When is this going to happen?
2: So the qualifying period for the Olympic trials is from May 1st. June 23rd so if you hit the qualifying standards outside of that range it will not count you have to hit it within so if I run like a 54 53 um, 400 hurdle time which is like my goal um, outside of May 1st it won't count like it will get me into a meet um, get me into a meet between May 1st and um, June 23rd and if I hit that again then I can say yes I have a spot in the 2020 Olympics Um, however so a lot of things that people don't know about me is that one, I'm Canadian and Jamaican, so therefore I cannot join the, the U.S. Olympic team. However, um, Jamaica does not recognize me as a female athlete, so I can't run for Jamaica. Canada, um, they they're a bit more um, different in their uh, their their uh, selection. So my coach is also trying to work with them to make me be a Canadian athlete, but he said it's, it's, it's not looking so good right now because of um, not only the controversy, but they already have their team. Just like the U.S. The U.S. already have their Olympic team chosen this year. It's just like they're going to have the trials again next year. So, so it, it's already pre- it, it's premeditated. I'm not going to lie. It's premeditated. So I'm, I'm going to have to probably most likely run as an individual, which I'm fine with. With a country, you know, like not – not recognizing me as a female athlete and one who already has, like, you know, I, I see what's going on here, and it's not going to stop me from even running faster and you would, know harder.
1: Would you consider, so, um, would you consider becoming a U.S. citizen to be able to compete as an American, or is that not in the it's cards? Sad
2: to say, it's sad to say, but I'm in the process of sending in my application, my citizenship application.
1: Why is it sad to say?
2: Because of um of where this country is going and um of of like, you know, the the just like of all the, the controversy with trans athletes and, and I do wanna be a part of that movement and part of that change, but I don't I don't know if it's gonna be if I'm gonna even be granted the opportunity of because of the government that we that is that is being you know, that is that has the right to say yes, I'm a citizen, no. I'm gonna, you know, I should go back yeah. to where I come from. You know
0: I I'm hear saying? you.
1: No, I, I, I recognize yeah. it. It's 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 beyond the trans issues. We
2: have a we have a exactly. really big immigration problem. Exactly. So if I do if I if I am granted the chance of being uh, a US citizen, I'm gonna use the help I'm gonna take so much advantage of that, you have no idea. But if not, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna keep moving. It's not gonna stop me. I can't wait to get back on that track and spare no Cost, no moment, not even one second. I do not care if you are like Michelle Obama telling me that CCA, I love you, but it's unfair. Sorry, Michelle, I'm still gonna rip that track up. Sorry, love you, though. I don't care anymore. I cannot wait. I'm feening I am hungry to go on that track one more time. One more, give, I'm ready to give this world a hell of a year. I'm, and I'm not gonna spare any cost, no moment, nothing nothing just remember that nothing period i pity all the people who stand in your way oh you have no idea i better i'm looking that flight.
1: i'm
0: like tokyo
2: oh my god no idea and all also right. my coach didn't tell me that like if i ran a 55 second at nationals they spared they failed to tell me all these things like I, I am a track athlete, but by heart, I'm not a track athlete. I'm an athlete by heart. A track athlete knows everything about the track world. I did not do my research, uh, and that's bad on my part, because if I knew that I had to run a 55-second 400 in order to get to the trials last year, my ass would have done it. I was just focusing on winning the race, not running a time. You know what I mean? And I, I felt like I was not given justice in, in that, in that um, part. You inspired me in this last year, and and I
0: I want to tell the story real quick about how I got to you. And I'm gonna make it quick. I was at an awards banquet. It was around like it was not long before Division Two Indoor in Pittsburgh in Kansas. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: And a good friend and a good friend of mine and a, and a life coach to me, Tony Ferriolo, comes up to me and at the table at the banquet, my friend's getting an award. Yeah, Tony. Uh, yeah, and Tony is telling me there is there's this there is this I know you're athletic and you in sports and there's this there is this college athlete who is who's a trans woman, who's a black trans woman who could use who could use a little who could use a little bit of community around her and just somebody you know just like be in her corner and just get in touch with her and let her know hey you're thinking about brother. I said sure Tony, and then Tony said your name. <laughs> and Tony said, said, I've heard of her I, because I had read all the clickbait and all the foul stuff, and I just got more intent. And I and and it just happened. Tony comes by, tells me you, and I had to, I had to email you the second I got home that night. Yeah, and, just, <laughs> and I, I meet in that. Florida. That meet in Florida. I'm watching. Yeah. I'm sitting on my, I just I'm back. I just gonna work out." got in, fired at my computer and saw you run that race against division one athletes. And I God. was at that my jaw dropped. I was like, you know, she got she can roll. That whole week, that whole that whole season, when I went down, I looked at you and said, As much as you're going through and, and I still have the email. I still have it when you were like, Hey, the report you hit me Girl, girl, the dysphoria was hitting me too. And it I mean, I remember you sending me an email the morning of a duathlon I was doing. And and that picked me right up. That <laughs> that made me two minutes faster. I will tell you that. I'll tell anyone that that made oh me two minutes faster. Wow. I think about yeah. when I think about all the when I think about sport, I'm all when I'm not doing sport, I'm an operator for trans lifelines. You're one of the people I think about Every time I put my headsets on and take calls and help our people, I think about you. I think thank about you. you because this is a this is a black trans woman doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I'm so I'm I'm going to tell you I'm rooting for you all the way. I am I am all about thank Team CC. I <laughs> just want okay. to say thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank I mean, you. Thank you. And I love <laughs> the fact that we're motivating each other. Because I look at those emails and those texts too. You remember when I texted you and I was like, girl, like the body dysmorphia today is like really affecting me. And then you said the same thing. You're like, girl, I can attest to that because I am facing it too. And the fact that you replied to that, that that, that reply and response that I got, and I was like, damn, I'm not alone. Even that you are already ahead of me in the game. You had your name change, everything. You're still facing that. That 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 you know that hard struggle, you're still struggling, and you're still facing it, and when I got that validation, I'm not gonna lie, I did feel a little bit better, but i was I was less depressed than i I was still sad, but I was less depressed if that makes sense, you know same and same. yeah, and, and I just want to say i love I love that fact that we're motivating each other because for now that's what it's gonna have to take, you know we, we have to motivate each other, we have to be there for each other and. I'm not going to spare any cost. No moment. And Don, thank you so much for, you know, inviting me out to LA and, and uh, the, the hospitality and how it was treated in LA. Like, I didn't think I was going to come home. Honestly, I was going to run away. Like, I was, oh, that was amazing. It was amazing,
1: <laughs> honestly. Well, you Hands don't have to down. thank me.
2: You,
1: I want you to understand. Well, just like you inspire Carly and Carly inspires you, both of you, are an inspiration to every trans youth that looks at you too and says, I can do it because they're doing it. We don't really realize sometimes how much just living our truth enables other people to stand up and be who they really oh, are. Yeah. I, oh yeah. I and I wanna just underscore that you're, you're, you're the first transgender NCAA Track and field champion, but you're more than that. You are a person thank who is living her truth, just you. like Carly and myself, yes. and that means so much to our youth, yeah, to the next generation.
2: Also, can we talk about how you know we are trans females, but we want to be fe- like female. We want to be a part of that female category. Period. Like that's that's all we that's all that's all that we want. And I, I I don't know if that, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but that like it's hard to explain because like I'm saying that I want to be a part of something that I already am. It's just that I'm being like neglected Ew. of
1: it. Like I want to be recognized. Accepted. You want to be recognized as part of it. Yeah. I always say
2: exactly, and I yeah. think it's important for us to talk about hormone replacement um HRT and being an athlete. Like let me tell you about that. Like we it's sure. we can talk about it at a different time, but it's very important to talk about the implications, medical implications that changing your biochemistry, um, taking medications to change your biochemistry does to your body. And, as and your body, mind, too. It, to it also screws up your yeah. head, and too. And your mind. <laughs> Nobody understands that it's a, it's a constant battle between mental and physical. And if you're battling, if your mental process and your physical process are battling each other, how are you supposed to be in alignment? How are you supposed to, to like, function? You know what I mean? And these how are you cysts, supposed like, to
0: this? I mean, I, I'm... How are you supposed to Because
2: we have a special have so kind of so mental capacity see, yeah, was, to do that. And
0: started, started our our HRC about at the same time. Because for me, it's been about... It's, it's, it'll be two years January. Wow. And I'll tell you, people don't real, And a lot of people don't realize. They don't realize oh, you know. They don't realize that it's a real thing. Whether you're se- even if you're just sedentary, <laughs> you're, but no. When you're an athlete, they don't. Re- a lot of people think, oh, you have this advantage. You're right. You're yeah, 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 right. You are the me guy. Yeah, right is right. My recovery times are longer. My VO2, max, I know is less. Mm-hmm. I, I have to work. It, I have to work harder and harder and harder to maintain a base to maintain. Mm-hmm. It. The main team, it's doable. I mean, because I talked to, I talk, I when I first really started my process, one person I talked to was Jillian Bearden. Jillian Bearden is an elite pro cyclist. Based on college, I mean, I mean, she, she's done consulting work with the IOC on this. And one of the first things she told me was, you're going to have to push even harder. Because you're going to have to push even harder to deal with it to deal and compensate for the changes. And at the same time yep. as you're trying to push harder, you have to learn how to be gentle with yourself too. Because it's I mean, for all intents and purposes, and you know how your body was at twelve years old. You're going back to that. You're getting a second run at it. And a lot of people who mm-hmm. who talk out of their who talk out the side of their neck do not understand that. That's mm-hmm. one reason why, for example, mm-hmm. in, in about in a couple of weeks, Rachel's going over to Geneva, Switzerland. Rachel McKinnon is going over to Geneva, Switzerland, to do a consultation with the IOC, and and I really hope that people, especially in the in the, in the international Olympic Committee, and the governing bodies, really listen, and really listen, because Doc McKinnon, again, Doc, I mean, between McKinnon. Between McKinnon, Spears, and Joanne Harper, a few other people—they, I mean—they've literally made themselves living competing laboratories. Yeah. Into this, I hope people I hope people really listen and understand. I mean, get off the clickbait and the hearsay, and get the real from the people that are living it. That, that's
1: thank you. Thing. Well, well, I'll tell you, I can't, you. A, I can't open a—I can't open a jar of pickles the way I used to be able to open it. I can't carry a box the way I used to be able to. I find (laughs) that my body has changed in so many ways. And not just through surgery. I'm talking about being able to um, just feel a difference in what my body um, can and can't do. And what it feels like. And how um, every cell in my body in the nine years that I've been on HRT has been reformulated you know yeah. all this 100%. crap about all this talk about my dna hasn't changed when's the last time anybody checked somebody's dna to find out who they are dna is not relevant it's, it's not even used in sports to determine who's male and female and i just Amen. want to say i just want to say one thing the the fact that you keep going is that alone is a huge testament because people don't understand the reason trans people attempt and commit suicide at a greater rate than the average population isn't because we're trans it's because of societal and familial rejection it's because of people yes. not showing us acceptance we don't want tolerance yeah. we want acceptance and we want That's people to all just. all we want exactly well and, we do have and, to wrap um, this up I want to say thank you so much, CC, for joining uh, us and telling us your story. Yeah. Absolutely. Keep running. Absolutely. Anytime. Keep living. Oh, and keep inspiring. Yeah, we got to do lunch. Yeah, we got to do lunch. That'd be uh, great. Oh, we're gonna oh get yeah. A uh,
0: I'm going oh, yes, to to <laughs> Oh, yeah. We'll, oh, my God. We'll, we'll, we'll be with you in Japan And hey, we can talk
1: sure. about the people who... If like you go to Japan, we're going to Japan.
2: Yes, please! Oh my God! Oh, now I have even more of a motivation. <laughs> <laughs> i motivated this to go ride, rest, it. Yo. Oh my All God! All right. Thank you, Carly, and thank you, Don. You guys are amazing, and will always be a motivation to me, nonstop. I don't care what the circumstances is. We're doing it. You got. Okay, okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Love CeCe. you. Bye.
1: Love you. <laughs> oh, she's great. I'm so glad we got her on our second episode. I'm glad to be room. A, a, Those that dreams come true for me. I know. And, and you two just have this incredible bond. I love how you feed off each other. And I didn't know that you were um, so close, but I knew that you we were um, close. This is just, uh, uh, I got goosebumps just listening to you two. Oh, how wonderful.
0: Uh, during that, during, during the end, during the run-up from the start of the outdoor season and, and it was from really the indoor net, the division two indoors at Pittsburgh State, Kansas, all the way to, all the way to division two outdoor championships. We, and she was right. We, we emailed each other just about every day. I mean, we got we stayed in touch, and there was a lot of times when, hey, when I was going down, she was going down. We we picked each other up, and we pushed each other forward. And it's great to just reconnect with her again. And like like I like I said, I will never forget that night, riding the general Whip, watching that race. I I will never forget that feeling because that. Because at that one, at that moment, yeah, I saw history being made. I mean, that was like, I mean, I'm too young to know what it was like the day Jackie Robinson took the ball field in Brooklyn. I'm too young to know that day, that spring day in 47. That night was my spring day in 47. My grandfather told me stories about listening on the radio about that. That night in Texas was my spring day in 47. And I'll never forget it.
1: I remember you telling me that you were crying watching it.
0: Yes. And a lot of my, and my teammates, when we got to the restaurant, it was after the race was over, they saw me wiping tears, like, hey, what's wrong? I said, no. I said, Cece Telfer won tonight. And I explained who she was and they were like, wow. Like, yeah, yeah. And that Really, really, I mean, that that was a life. And I was, a, and I was on, and I was there that night with a couple of our softball teammates and with a couple of my softball teammates and the people from our softball league, Southern New England Friendship League, and we had two teams playing that tournament that weekend, and three of the players who were on the two teams were trans. So just being around other trans people, And also celebrating this this step forward, this milestone. It was a, I mean, I I will never forget it. No, I will never forget that.
1: Thank you for making sure we got her on the phone, and thank you for being you.
0: Thank you for being you. And We got
1: a lot more to do. I'm loving this podcast thing. Hey, before we go, why don't we just wrap up by talking about something that I saw on Monday Night Football? Maybe you've seen it. It's the last trailer for Rise of Skywalker the, late, the the last Star Wars film in this particular series did you see the trailer I did see the trailer I did, what did you see think? the trailer I
0: I am intrigued because there's a lot I mean this is a make of, this is going to be a make or break film for the franchise to me because a lot of people have looked at, at episode 7 and 8 and they've looked at it cross-eyed I've looked at some parts of it cross-eyed. Um, at this point I will say, I mean, at this point in some ways, if if you gave the new the new Disney owned Star Wars film a record, like a sports record, right now I say they're one, one and one. They're like you've had four films. I would say they had one win, which is Rogue One. The They've had one definite loss unfortunately to me which was solo. Right,
1: I and, love solo. And, and I'm the only one ties. I guess. I love solo. had
0: two ties. <laughs> I I wanted to like solo, but when I watched it I was like this is okay, but no. I I'm not feeling it. Yeah. The, I other, know. Two, the other two now the now, the, now episode 7 and 8 for me were just mad. They were, they were like, they're okay, they were fun, but this number nine film has got to be a home run. They need a home run. Not a, not a solid single, not a double. They need a home run out of this. They really got to make this one fit. Because they're talking about a whole new Star Wars film. They're, they're talking about a whole new run of Star Wars for a whole new generation. That'll come after this film. This film is going to whet people's appetite for it or it's going to shut it down. There's no
1: in-between. I agree with you. Well, that is all the time we have right now. I'm so excited that we are doing this podcast every Friday. Please um, make sure that you are uh, uh, listening to all the Outsports podcasts. And if you have questions or you want to make comments, then please send us an email at Outsports at gmail.com. Outsports at gmail.com. For the Transporter Room, I'm doing Ennis. I'm Carly Chardonnay-Boyle. We'll see you next Friday with a new episode. Bye-bye. Mr. is Sulu, to be